Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John on the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Robert. I'm Warren. I'm Andrew. And I'm Henry. And this is episode number 110. Only a few left in season three. Wow. That's over two years of podcasting. Yeah. a lot of stuff. A lot lot of stuff. Anything can happen when there's COVID. (laughs) Yeah. And we missed a lot. We missed like the last almost three or four months because we were on the road. I think we did one or two live from the road, but we probably could have been up to like 140 by now. Not really. We weren't on tour for 30 weeks. Yeah, whatever. It was right. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. we could have gone we could have gone live three times a week though. You never know. I don't I don't could have been fun. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> that was pretty draining. Well speak, speaking of <laughs> speaking of living speaking of living and living life, um, this weekend was rad. We had we had shows. People came. It was super fun. It was great. Um, yeah, I ended up. I, I flew flew down on uh, on Thursday and went and hung out with our, our good friends over at QSC uh, for a little bit, and then went and uh, played a charity event in LA, and then met up with you guys. And we played Old World on Friday, which was fucking stellar. Scott Murphy drove down from uh, from Yosemite, come see us. Awesome Charging. to see all of our friends. A bunch of people came up from Laguna and from all over the place, and and uh, that was great. And then Saturday we we played at uh, Petals and Pints and Thousand Oaks. And Sunday had a church gig and went to Docent, hung out with uh, Robert and Warren, and then went and played a my my last SoCal show of the uh, of the year uh, in Newport, which was fun. And then uh, spent yesterday and today in the studio. Working on some new tunage, and then hopped in the car and drove up to the Bay Area. And now I'm now I'm back here for a while and hanging out, having some drinks with you guys, man. It was a fun, really fun, productive weekend. It was dope, Robert. How was your weekend? Uh, it was great. I mean, I did a couple of the same things you did, uh, if not most of them. Um, but uh, on Sunday. The shows were great. I want to thank everyone for coming out. It was it was awesome to to kind of see our SoCal family again after not seeing everybody for that long. So um, I I want to make sure I say that because the shows were great and I had a great time. Um, and just because we all did it, I'm sure the rest of you guys might have something to say. But on Sunday, um, the family down at Dosen Brewing put on a little ales and artisans thing, which invites all of their local. Um, artisans uh who who make everything from candles to hot sauce to soup to uh little glass things basically just a a bunch of pop-up shops um, from all the local uh local people of orange county Uh, and it was really great um to uh kind of do some christmas shopping and get some stuff that you can't just get on amazon all the time um and uh yeah i got some soup from brodino here in Orange County, he makes the best soup, and I just had some, so that's why it's on my mind. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a great weekend, you know. Just um, yeah, Warren, did you do any of the other other things that we just <laughs> talked about? <laughs> I did the exact same thing you guys did. Um, 
And again, I would like to thank everybody um, who came out to the Old World Show. It was very nice to see all of our friends from all over Orange County. Um, you know, lots of them in San Juan, from Laguna, obviously the Schnakeluths in Huntington. Um, shout out to legendary Doc um, for opening up the show. He he did a killer job. He played with his daughter. She has an amazing voice. She plays accordion and ukulele and stuff. And that features um, Anson Ditt on the bass and Eric Roebuck, um, who are very good friends with Henry. And Henry used to play for Professor Colombo with Eric. So it's always nice seeing friends that, um, you know, continue to play music and they sounded great. That show is awesome. Um, it was awesome for us to get up to thousand Oaks at pedals and pints, um, because that is a new location for us. And that is actually just a new location overall. Um, Brad, the owner up there was a super cool guy. They have great beer. They had great food. Um, everybody up there was super awesome. Um, and it was great to meet kind of a whole new set of fans that um, seem to have a really good time with us. So thank you, everybody. Oh, and thank you to Joe, who may still be in this thing, for coming out. Joe is the legendary taper in Orange County. Um, yeah. Who is internationally known because he actually has had people come out and tape us in um, the UK. So he has a huge presence um, I'm sure he has a huge account of, uh, I can't remember the name of the website where he put up all the streaming shows, but look up Wharf Rat Joe. He is the premier taper Ar- in the Archive.org? Archive.org. I'm sure yeah. he has a very deep archive um, of amazing, amazing local bands and, and some national touring bands. So thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, everybody, too, uh, that makes our shows what they are. And then yes, I had a great day on Do- on at Sunday on Docent. It felt good to relax, see some friends, and just hang out all day. And um, it was a very local, community driven thing. It felt good to support local community um, little shops and pop ups and stuff like that. And I got to see my buddies in the band and lots of buddies in other bands. So I think it was a very positive, uplifting weekend. And um, yeah, it was a uh, I had a great time. What about you, Andrew? I know you were busy this weekend. Um, I also played a show on Friday and Saturday. I don't know if you guys <laughs> knew that. Where? Where were they? <clears throat> uh, one was at Old World in Huntington Beach. And that was really cool because we got to see our California family again. Mm, cool. Um, cool. Right on. <laughs> I had never gotten the question, how is Europe so many times rapid fire? <laughs> in a row yeah and i know people are uh you know obviously like trying to make conversation and be nice they're actually wondering and uh i just it gets harder and harder i don't know if it gets harder and harder and easier easier what do you guys think every time someone asks you like how is europe do you change your answer every time or do you get like the script down i feel like i do like one of two things i either, like refine exactly what i'm going to tell someone or I try to find like a new thing to tell them about that I hadn't told someone about before. So how do you guys do it? I'm, I'm definitely a script guy. Uh, when it comes to that, I'm, I'm, a, I'm mildly ashamed to say, but I, I, I feel like, like if, if the conversation goes longer than just, you know, like the nicety of sort of like how is tour and you know, this, that, and the other, 
then I'll dive in and and be like, oh, and there was this one thing that was really cool. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, a lot of the time, it's like you know, you're 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 saying what's up, and it's almost like, you know, how you doing? How you doing? It's like the, uh, I know people are are very much interested in how the tours were, but I feel like it's sometimes you're like, how are you doing? And then somebody's like, oh, well, let me tell you for thirty minutes about this tour and you're like that's not really what i signed up for when i asked <laughs> type of a thing so I, I try to give them the bullet points and i and, feel that um, too and i feel like people don't know that but i'm almost like more interested in what's going on in their lives sometimes yeah, where i'm like yeah like i it's all posted on the internet if you want to see yeah, what yeah. happened on the tour or whatever or like i'd be happy to tell you the story but like how are you doing too yeah. And I know it's like our show or whatever, but I'm always very excited to see other people and hear how they're doing and what's going on in their lives. I know that sounds weird, but uh, like I'm honestly most of the time more interested in them than, you know, yeah. uh, I am in talking about what happened on the tour. Because the tour is like gone and over with in my brain. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what about you guys? Did, any other uh, tactics for that? I'm, I'm definitely a scheduled uh I know what I'm going to say and I refine it, but I feel like in the way that you guys do that sometimes when I'm talking with like close friends, um, I try not to get into it like too much because I feel like if I tried to, if I start to explain it too much, it kind of sounds like I'm bragging and I don't want to come off that I'm bragging. And that doesn't mean that I'm not proud of what we did. I think we had an amazing, an amazing trip, um, two trips and both, both the Europe and the United States. But, uh, I feel like if you talk about it too much, sometimes like, and maybe I'm overthinking it, but sometimes I think people are like, Oh, okay. Like, here we go. And it's like, yeah. so I just tried to say some another quick, humble brag from Warren Merle. Yeah, <laughs> some talking quick, about Sweden and shit. <laughs> I wish you'd the just mo- talk about weed more. The most pompous <laughs> guy in the band. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's a thing that I do, but I have like, I have like bulletin points and I don't like try to expand on it unless unless I have like a friend that's a musician or somebody who does the same thing, who really wants to dive into it, then I'll dive into it. But for the most part, it's like, here's what it is. And then again, for like everybody who watches this or people that like are up to date with our Instagram and our social media, I feel like they kind of already know. And like, they might even ask specific questions like, Oh, how was London or something, which is cool. But that's where I'm at. Yeah. uh, I feel that way kind of too, where, um, uh, that's why I try to think of new things because even I've forgotten what's happened most of the time, you know? And so I like, well, constantly in talking to, cause usually the, like you're saying, the conversations don't last more than a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I feel like I have to keep trying to remember a different thing and go, Oh, well this was cool too. Cause then it's, <laughs> I'm actually just remembering it for myself too. And then it, I can, you know, authentically talk about it. Whereas sometimes if I get too scripted, I feel like I have a script for when people talk about how was it like during coronavirus. Then I go into my spiel about like, uh, well, we had to get tested six times and it was weird crossing borders. And then in Sweden, they didn't even check. Like I have my yeah, like yeah. stock answer for certain things like that. No, but uh, yeah. And then what really happens is if I talk to people longer than let's say three minutes, then something real might come out. Right. Like, but when there's a show with that many people that we like actually know and love, you almost don't have that luxury sometimes to like expand in that way. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, just wait until, cause you're going to see me again in a situation where we have a little more time to like actually have some one-on-one. And then I will really tell you like something that really happened or something. But 
it's just so hard to like jam pack, you know, two and a half months of your life. You know, it's like, imagine someone was like, how was the last two and a half months of your life? Like what happened? You know? And it's like a lot. And it's, it's, you know, and again, please, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to get a ton of shit about this. It shows now people are going to be like, Oh, well, I can't ask because you're, I would have asked you how terrible it is, but yeah. Andrew made a big deal about how this sucks. Uh, no, but, uh, it was awesome. I love seeing, uh, uh, Robert's family and Henry's family. Uh, we hadn't seen Henry's family in a long time. And then Aunt Trish, you know, hooked us all up with some Christmas crack. A bunch yeah. of uh, yes, and fudge. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good, so amazing. Uh, and the other thing I did this weekend, uh, I know we got on a tangent, but uh, Amanda has her party every year, like her Christmas party for like uh, her acting friends and uh, like a couple other people. So we did, and my house fits like maybe ten to fifteen people at a time. So I feel like I have to do. Steve's been before. But yeah. we have to do like 19 parties at a at uh, in any given season because like my house only fits so many people comfortably. But uh, this and one the food is always amazing. Yeah, too. it's so, it's just it's a feast. Every yeah, time. I like cooking. I think I probably talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I really enjoy cooking, and I enjoy cooking for a lot of people because I feel like it's the same intensity that music is, or like playing a show is. Sometimes like everything has to be ready at the same time. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot that goes into it. And then like when you're there and you see people like eating food and all that stuff like comes together, it's just like a really, really good feeling. You're like, oh my God, like this, you know, it's exactly what I wanted to happen. So this year, I I think I make short rib almost every year. Um, But this year in particular, I did short rib in polenta um, Mm. with like a spicy red sauce. There's like a different recipe that I made in the past. Um, it's basically the same idea, like very beef stew and heavy and awesome. And so I did that. I did like a couple cocktails and stuff like that. I'm like knee deep in rum these days because I've gotten to be known as the rum guy after drinking a bunch of mojitos, which is fine with me. I'll take all the rum anyone will give me. <laughs> but uh, I made something called a uh, like a, a cranberry zombie. Have you remember at the tiki bar? Me and Steve went to a tiki bar in. Oh uh, God, let me see if I can remember where this was. Coast Do you guys Florida. remember? Florida. Florida? <laughs> yeah. Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Sanford. In Sanford. Sanford. Yeah. Um, that's its own story. The bar within a bar, but uh, I think we both got zombies or. I know I got one. I, I can't remember, but zombie is like a classic uh, rum drink. <laughs> yeah, Scott. Scott the Pirate. <laughs> I'll forever know him as. Yeah, rum. But uh, uh, it called for three different kinds of rum. They're like, you need a dark rum, a light rum, and a golden rum. And I was like, shit, I have all those. Like, let's go. <laughs> so uh, it was really, really good. Um People brought a bunch of dessert. I put Trish's fudge and Christmas crack out, and that was rad. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we played, um, yeah, white elephant stuff, all the basic stuff. I have another, I'm hosting a company party on Thursday. And then if we want to do Robert John party on Friday sometime after rehearsal, or I don't know what we're doing, that'll probably be the day for that. So we could do Robert John holiday party. We just have to figure out what's going on with it. Maybe we'll talk about it afterwards. But Henry, how was your weekend? Well, I'm so glad you asked. 
because it turns out you guys aren't going to believe this. You guys are not going to believe this. I played two gigs this weekend. No, was at Old World in Huntington Beach. What? And the other one was at Petals and Pines Brewing in Thousand Oaks, close by Ventura. Oh, and it was you were there band. too. It was what? with my band, Robert John the Wreck. Holy shit! And a bunch of my family was there, and I like played guitar. It was crazy. Wow, I didn't even know you played guitar. That's, that's I know, incredible. right? It's like Did you play well. It's, it's so weird. What's up? Did you play well? I don't know. I I just kind of like go into Is Bruce a there. And... No, Bruce wasn't there. I wish he was, but we did hang out with him in Georgia. That was cool. <laughs> and he lives in San Jose. He does. Oh, hey, sorry to inter- interject. I'm Henry. I'm going to let you finish. Steve, I waited 20 minutes to talk. <laughs> I let all of you guys talk for 20 minutes. But, but, and before you before I interrupt me again. <laughs> Before I, I'll let you finish. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish, but before I forget no. though, before I forget though, I just want to give What's a special so shout out. I want to give a special shout out to Mike that came to see us this this past weekend all the way from Chicago. Oh and yeah, Mike. he came and hung out yeah. and got the whole uh, uh, Robert John and the Wreck weekend experience and and uh, yes, at Old World in Huntington where yes. where Henry apparently played guitar. Yeah, apparently I don't really remember yeah. it, but apparently it happened. <laughs> But yeah, super nice guy, Mike. If you're listening, man. Yeah. Thanks, thanks yeah, for Mike, being there. That meant that yeah. meant a lot. You're great, great fan. We always appreciate people like you that support us doing what we love. And yeah, Mike's here. That you love what we're doing, and there he is. You, yeah. Mike. Thank That's you, man. I enjoyed our conversations about guitars and whatnot. Uh, always, always love to chat with fellow guitar players in our fan base and all that. Um, it was sensory overload. I gotta be honest. There's a lot of talking to people, and uh, I am very much an introvert, so I, I I lose steam in that world really really quick and just kind of go on autopilot. There's nothing personal against everybody. I love catching up with fans, but there was just catching up with a lot of people, and again, the same questions, which I love. You know, catching up with people, obviously, um, but it was like, yeah, yeah, and and I'm very much like sort of a balance between the script and adding new information and sort of like, Oh yeah, that happened too. Oh yeah. Then this thing happened. Uh, it, the story, kind of, it's like a big fish story. It kind of changes every, with every new conversation. Basically. And then I played nine solos and I played nine <laughs> guitar solos. I played way more than nine guitar solos, nine, nine guitar solos. I played like 20 guitar 90. solos. I played a lot of guitar solos. this weekend. Wasn't it like 50 guitar solos? I probably played was so many guitar, guitar solos this weekend. A lot of it was at least solos, 40, dude. 45 to 50 percent of the set. I could do a number crunch later, but I need to ask uh, uh, number crunch Nelson to uh, <laughs> do that for me. I know um, we got more staff, yeah, I, yeah. Honestly, it was really <laughs> nice that? to get to play some local shows again and um, get to go back to my own bed and get to like hang out with friends and and see family. And um, obviously, about half of my dad's side of family of snake Luths were at the old world show which was really cool um my cousin kayla was there my cousin jeff my cousin blake was there and then obviously aunt trish uncle eric my dad my brother nate um which was cool it's always cool to you know be able to play a show especially after being so far away and have all this love and all these people that you know we know and and are close to come support us and support what we do and um, it's always a good time and, you know, always some uh, some great drinks to be had. 
And with that being said, what's everybody drinking tonight? Killing it. Killing it in the bottom corner. <laughs> All right. So I've been uh, I've been walking to Starbucks since I've been living up here and I've right been saving you. my cups. Um, a because they're they're big and I have the ice machine. And so I'll leave uh, cups full of ice in the freezer so that my ice machine can make more ice. And then I can pull out my trusty, trusty Tito's, my trusty Tritos and uh, have, have some more drinks. So I'm, I'm drinking uh, Tito's tonight. Cheers. Is that a Spanish pour? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the, uh, the, it's the many Montana pour. Many Bobby, many what are you drinking, man? Um, <clears throat> I am uh, not drinking a dose of beer this evening. I am drinking a beer by Brewery X, uh, which is also a local brewery um, down here in Orange <laughs> County. <laughs> and, uh, this beer is up Henry's Alley. It is a Pilsner. Uh, it's called Battle Snakes. I got it as a birthday gift from one of our friends. And uh, it's love it's Battle Snakes. It's really good. Well, I'll let you know. <laughs> um it's really good you know i think it's it's a little bitier a little bitier <laughs> side of the pills uh than some pills oh it's it's bitey why don't you show us the can in detail hmm? where were you when i did <laughs> <laughs> look it's bitey Ooh, look at that i love that so there it is very cool so, brewery x thank you for the the beverages and uh yeah it's good very happy with my decision um uh, i feel like i can drink two of these and not um and still remember that we're doing a podcast so that's an always that's a plus side very what? hoppy with your decision oh eh? just keep on coming eh? i don't have anything all right what, well, what are you drinking i am drinking a trusty old canteen from docent because i was down there and i'm wearing my docent shirt robert is wearing his hat we pretty much People always ask us, they go, do you guys work there? And we're like, no, we just, everybody has a shirt or a hat or something that we got from Docent. Like we rep it, but the canteen is an amazing beer. I feel like it's one of their staples. Um, you can't go wrong. It is an easy, light kind of day drinking sort of beer. And I like it a lot. Um, but again, with Docent beers, like you guys know from listening to this podcast, you can pick any one of their beers and they are fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just picked up some canteens. Andrew, what do you got? I have something very special. So on Friday as well at old world, uh, long time podcast listener Zeke was there and he got me another bottle of rum for Christmas. Mm. So this is, uh, Santa Teresa, 1796. It is a Venezuelan rum. Wow. Venezuelan rum. The bottle looks like it's been open this guy. Mm. It's a very nice looking bottle. Wow. That's gorgeous. Like, uh, how do you say that? It curves in. um, Concave? Anyways. Conal? I've been drinking it all night. I'm going to pour some more. Thank you, Zeke. I appreciate it. It's really good. Zeke has kept my liquor cabinet full of rums. I've been trying to drink them as fast as he can get them for me, but uh, sometimes that's not possible. 
This one is really good. It's not as sweet, which I like. Um, some rums get too sweet, and the sweeter rums are good for like uh, like mixing or making like bigger, fuller drinks. And I really liked like uh, like the Pilar is on the sweeter side. So when it went in the like a cranberry cocktail with a lot of <laughs> uh, sorry, Steve's posting comments. When I when the Pilar went into cranberry cocktail, which Pilar is delicious on its own, but uh, it it just shined in when it was with something bitter. This is like really good, just straight drinking rum. Cheers, Zeke! Thank you so much. Yeah, Santa Teresa, seventeen ninety six. Henry, what are you drinking? So today was a little bit different uh, than it's been since we got back. I actually did a uh, surprise shift that I didn't know I was doing. Till this morning at our local record store, Cream Tangerine Records, with our good buddy Parker Macy. Um, yeah. Worked pretty much a full shift over there um, and had to hurry home so I could be in time for our podcast. Um, so all I had in the cabinet was some Buffalo Trace. So all I got is basically just some Buffalo Trace uh, whiskey and Dang, water. that's a lot. That's half a mason yeah. jar, dog. Yeah, but it's like half water. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not straight whiskey. It's like watered down. So. He's like, oh, we're going to pour some whiskey. Yeah. I feel like me and Warren should go get some like straight liquor right now. Yeah, dog. Everyone's drinking straight liquor. And me we're and Warren. I got some. You guys can do whatever you want. I got yeah. some. Partying. This could be the drunkest podcast of the year. It's getting close to Christmas time. <laughs> uh, wait, uh... It's the drunkest podcast. Podcast. Of the, of the Christmas. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going with it's beginning like a lovely Christmas. It sounded like it was going to come out good in my head, and then when I made it come out of my mouth, it didn't come out as well as I thought it would. Could be just like that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I was seeing all the math equations, trying to figure out what you meant by what you said. Letters, letters. Anyway. Sorry. Well, now I hope you guys are strapped about- in and in for a fun night. <laughs> Oh yeah! <laughs> now that we're talking about getting strapped in and having fun, you know what else is really fun is uh, listening to music. Oh yeah, Ooh, I love doing that. I know we all love listening to this that thing called music, that hip new thing that's mm-hmm. sweeping the nation. All the it's young a, kids are after it's it. It's a <laughs> ear sensation. You know, I just heard about it last week. I'm just kidding. Um, I've been, I've actually been working. Um, in and out of the shop quite a bit uh, since I've been back with our buddy Parker Macy. And obviously because I'm a total fiend for vinyl records, um, you know, within my budget, at least um, I can't help myself anytime I'm around records because every time I go into Parker's shop, he's got at least one or two records. I'm like, Oh, I got to get that. Oh, I got to get that. And I just have no willpower. Or if I'm, you know, I, I worked with him at his house a couple of days ago and he had to, stuff that wasn't even in stock yet that I was sort of cleaning and going like, yeah, I got to take that. Um, and if you share records, one of those titles, just- yes, I'm just going to get to that. Um, one of the records I got recently actually is one I've been looking at for a while. I was actually just listening to it is this record. It's called the who by numbers. It's by a little band called the who from England. And, uh, it kind of has set me on a, um, kick for them basically i've been listening to them a lot lately and i found out that 
there's a little bit of music history on this day. If you are on the Eastern uh, time of the United States, it is now Wednesday, December 15th. And on that day in 1967, The Who released their third studio album called The Who Sell Out. Um, it was a concept album as a collection of unrelated songs interspersed with fake commercials and public service announcements. Um, it's a really amazing record and it's sort of basically kind of their first signature album, basically um, that sort of sees them come into their own as their branded maximum R and B sound. Um, and, you know, it's one of the, one of the signature rock records of all time. I would say uh, it's frequently ranked as one of the greatest albums of all time and it's definitely one of their best um you really hear them sort of come into their own as artists uh and songwriters and musicians and all that sort of thing and the song i want to listen to is none other than the great i can see for miles it is the last song on side one of the original track listing for this record and uh yeah great record check it out gotta love the who let's jam out Deceive me now. Here's a surprise. I know that you have, cause there's magic in my eyes. I can see for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. Oh, yeah. If you think. That I don't know about the little tricks you play And never see you when deliberately you put things in my way Well here's a poke at you, you're gonna choke on it too You're gonna lose that smile Because all the while I could see for miles and miles I could see for miles and Of my trust in you and I was so far away I saw you holding lots of other guys And now you've got the nerve to say That you still want me Well that says maybe But you gotta stand trial Because all the while I can see for miles and miles I can see for miles and miles I can see for miles A surprise I 
That song was so good that Henry just had to leave. He was having a lot of emotions, <laughs> and so he couldn't handle it. I mean, how long enough? You... Oh, go ahead. No, you say it. What's funny enough? I was well. Henry was saying that you know this this came out uh, uh, this this day many years ago, and uh, funnily enough, on this day um, <laughs> in fifteen ninety three. Uh, Holland granted its first patent on a windmill with a crankshaft. Slow wow. well-known fact. December 15th. Maybe I think Henry's back in. We might want to let him back in. Uh, Maybe that's why they could see for hey, miles, miles and miles and the crankshaft the crankshaft was for like <laughs> five seconds. He's oh. pushing the clouds <laughs> away, and he could see for miles and miles and miles. He's very excited about it. Sorry, Henry. I had to make my screen resolution bigger because my eyes are... Not what they oh, because you be. can't see for miles. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> oh shit! Yeah, shots much. fire. I can't <laughs> see for miles either. So, uh, thanks one or no one, right? Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> somebody. Right? Somebody. I yep. love that song. Well, though. I'm glad you. Yeah, it's that a classic. Um, it's yeah, sort of so good. Sort of affiliated with sort of like that's basically like the sound of the Who, pretty much. Like they came into their own with that song, basically, and. There, an interesting thing about that one too is there is this point of contention, sort of, or, or almost a rivalry in a way um, between them and the Beatles. Actually, when that song came out, everybody was like, "Oh, that's like the heaviest song ever. It's super heavy. You know, you've got the crazy guitars, the drums going insane, the bass is all dirty and and aggressive sounding." And um, so the Beatles were like, "Oh, we're gonna do something even crazier," and they did Helter Skelter in response to that. Ah. supposedly that's that's the story uh that is the you know legendary rock and roll lore basically but that song is it that song's awesome though because it almost to me like it almost has a psychedelic feel without being a psychedelic yes. song because mm-hmm. it's not like there's not like a lot of like phasers or things that were like right. crazy back then but like the repetition of like the i can see for miles and stuff kind of like I- 
right. makes you like, I don't know, after a while it starts to like kind of sound a little psychedelic and mm-hmm. I don't know if well, they were going and for the, that. The production too, like the way the, the, the reverb on the drums, the way the drums are echoing, the way the vocals are blended, uh, the sound of the guitars, you hear that sort of that twangy guitar yeah. thing is very droney and like totally takes you somewhere. And, and then obviously John and Twistle's bass coming in and doing all this crazy stuff. And it is very psychedelic, very like heavy psychedelic kind of thing, I would say. Um, and that was obviously the in thing at the time. I mean, 67 in England, everybody was making psychedelic music at that point, pretty much uh, to some extent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, just, you know, one band I haven't really talked about so far, and um, I've been on a kick with them, and I saw that um, sort of, I try to I try to do something historically relevant relatively consistently um, when I add new songs, also because it's just easier to do it that way than to come up with another reason for it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, just a great band. I, I've found, an, I've had a totally newfound appreciation for them. I've always been a fan of the who, but recently I've gotten back into them in a whole new way and just totally been like, oh man, what a, you know, totally whole new understanding for why they are as legendary as they are. And, um, Pete Townsend is just like one of the great songwriters of all time, as far as rock music goes, you know, and uh obviously love his guitar playing as well um another influence of mine that i don't really talk about a lot yeah well he fucking is a legend for a reason i was yeah, trying to do absolutely. some pete townsend bass <laughs> things this weekend oh the way i heard uh yeah. so i was listening to dave Grohl's biography uh like i just finished it not too long ago and he I don't know if it was inducted them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He did something along the lines of that. Had to make a speech somewhere about the Who. It could have been the Kennedy Center Honors. Um, Someone will correct me. But uh, he was talking about how they had like this opposite thing going on where Keith Moon used the drums as like the lead guitar. Or, I'm sorry, John Entwistle like used the... Yeah. uh, bass yeah. more like a lead guitar and the right. drums were more like a rhythm guitar and that Pete Townsend played less and was almost the drums of the band. So you right. got this like weird, yeah. you know, dichotomy where people were mm-hmm. doing the opposite of what you heard these instruments normally do. And it created this like really, really unique sound. And I've never really thought about the who in those terms before. And even listening to that, like, Here's the Who's version of like a psychedelic 60 songs like you guys were talking about. Oh, but what's different about it? Well, the drums are going crazy. Like it sounds like a psychedelic song. You know that production style, but what makes it the Who? Not it's just the vocals which are very recognizable, but oh, okay. Why are the drums so busy or like it like everything is in its place like that do you hear that when you uh when you're listening to this kind of stuff yeah um i i I think that's that's one of the things that makes them so compelling too is that uh they just they just sort of leaned into that thing um and there weren't really they didn't really follow the rules like necessarily every other band did um and that's just like super compelling about it. And, and there's also, you know, I mean, there's examples of them playing certainly where 
they sort of fall into more conventional roles as well, especially as you go kind of further on down their career. But I think that's one of the things that has built them such a uh, sort of reputation that they have as, as, you know, they broke new ground in a lot of new ways and um, were sort of kind of flipped the script in a lot of ways that, uh, and just, and just did unique kind of off the wall stuff. And you can tell that by listening to them that they're sort of like almost I don't I don't want to say flying by the seat of their pants, but it's but it's it kind of has that energy, you know, where you kind of it's chaotic in like a really cool way. And that's what that's kind of what rock and roll is about. It's just extremely chaotic. And um, at least for me, I mean, I love that about it. Would you say they're one of the one of the first early rock and roll bands to write a song about a spider? Probably. Yeah. Probably. But it's funny thinking about the chaotic stuff and the heaviness and all that sort of stuff. And like Andrew was saying, especially for somebody like Dave Grohl to point out that, and it doesn't take Dave Grohl to point out that obviously Keith Moon and John Atmos were destroying on their instruments. But it's interesting that he kind of points out that the the dichotomy had flipped where it's like it was chaos because when you listen to, John Entwistle play bass with somebody like Keith Moon. That's probably the most chaotic, cohesive rock and roll rhythm section of all time. Like it's just yeah. like thunder and lightning on the drums, like just crazy chaos. And um, it's interesting that you know I feel like that almost drives the sound more than than you know the voice and the guitar, which are also on such a high level of like Mm -hmm. original characteristics and stuff. Like what a, what a crazy band. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just insane. Like that, like, like uh, uh, their live album too. live at Leeds is sort of their, another landmark record. Uh, It's often considered one of the best live records of all, all time. And you totally hear that in full force. Like, it's just like, there's certain sections of it that just, sound insane like it just sounds crazy like you have no idea what's going on it's just pure chaos and like i just love that i just find that so compelling um as a listener and as as um somebody that wants those elements partially in my own music uh, especially in in the live context it's just like pure energy and aggression kind of coming out in this like really uh really organic and original way and nobody really knew what they were doing back then, right? Like, like everyone was kind of making it up as they go along. There was no, there was no blueprint for this is how a rock band is supposed to sound. Um, like rock music was just becoming a thing at like the seventies, right? It's just becoming an institution at that point. So you got to imagine like being in the sixties when like you know pop music is is sort of this bubblegummy thing. Um, you've got the Beatles and the Monkeys, and then all of a sudden rock bands are starting to experiment with fuzz pedals and getting really heavy and crazy. And I really think the who was one of the driving forces behind mm. what that sounded like doing their own thing. And there was, like I said, there was no blueprint for this. They were taking maybe like a Motown record and going, what if we put this on crack and like, you know, we do this with guitars and crazy drums and stuff, you know, the who looked at themselves as an R and B band. They always labeled themselves as a rhythm and blues band. Um, you know, uh, Wilson Pickett is is sort of textbook rhythm and blues. Otis Redding is sort of textbook rhythm and blues. Aretha Franklin, 
they were taking that sort of stuff and just going take this to the max maximum rhythm maximum blues and it's interesting um seeing how that's evolved over time obviously but there's something about that era of, of when it was being created in the moment and nobody knew what they were doing there was no like this is how rock band's supposed to sound no we're just gonna do this and like this is what it's gonna sound like and i don't know it sounds cool this is us playing from our heart or or whatever it is you know on a record and uh I just love it. Obviously, uh, I, t- I probably talk about this at least once every podcast, but um, just love that that thing about it. It's, it's lightning in a bottle or on tape. <laughs> lightning on tape, bro. Lightning yeah. on reels. Yeah. yeah, lightning on reels. Oh, we're getting what? we're getting dead uh, recommendations in the comments. That's how you know you were talking. You're speaking from the yes. heart. Then people start bringing up like all the right. the good live yes. dead records. Yeah. Uh, the Who maximum R and B. Yep. I I think my topic for tonight. This might be too generic. You can we can go different rounds of this if we need to. But what is the greatest Christmas song of all time? We're in Ooh. the season of Christmas. <laughs> I feel bad because Henry is like talking so from the heart about like really cool music and we maybe have to like transition into not as cool music or maybe it is because I feel like that whole seventies era like did a bunch of Christmas songs. I feel like every generation has done their really good Christmas songs. We're still getting good Christmas songs. Maybe someday you'll get a Christmas song from Robert John the wreck. that's going to blow your fucking mind out of your asshole. But (laughs) Uh, maybe, you know, maybe. <laughs> what what is the greatest Christmas song of all time? All right, uh, I, clarification: Are we going Christmas or are we going holiday? What defines Christmas that you'd have to talk about? Jesus? Christmas, Christmas, no, Christmas songs are just ones like about Christmas, so either about like Christ Child or mentioning Christmas. Holiday songs could be like Silver Bells, or uh, I guess that's still a Christmas song because it's Christmas time in the city. <laughs> Um, but Are like, you talking uh, about like, like Frosty like, the Snowman, like, like Winter not... Wonderland or something? You know, like like it's it's more holiday. It's about the season. I would say holiday the, songs. The holiday. And then if I you all those songs, in the would like to put songbook. any Hanukkah songs into <laughs> this, then we will have a catch-all. If like there's some good thing, if yes, you're an thank- Crazy Nights guy and like Adam Sandler is your jam. Yeah. Then that's also acceptable in this. I do not, you know, uh, anything anything goes. And really, like alternative or rock stuff goes too. We, you don't have to pick. Oh, it's whatever, like Silent Night or something like that. And there's all these great versions. Like more so, what's the greatest version of a Christmas song that you love? That's probably a better version of the question. Which is like, um, not necessarily, oh, it's Winter Wonderland because of this. It's like, I like, uh, you know, this person's version of Winter Wonderland because it took the song that I thought was great and made it like a million times better. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Who's going first? Uh, I'm still thinking. I okay. I'll start because I, I always come up with the question. I really, really like. So this is Christmas. Uh, this is Christmas. 
Henry's gonna like uh, the John but there's Lennon a weird fact. Yeah, right. the John War, Lennon War is says, over. Thank you. It's called War is over. Until I found out that he stole that song from a very uh, is an Irish folk song. Now you're now you have to chime in. Wow, wow. <laughs> Whoa, who's that? My time, Please. my time. <laughs> it's about a racehorse, and his name is like Silver or something. I'll look it up. Research Randy is going to look up what that song is actually. I found out that Melody was stolen from another old Irish folk song about a racehorse. Um, that doesn't mean that song isn't great, though. And I really, really like that version of the song, and I like John Lennon on it. It just meant less when it was uh, like a repurposing, if that makes sense. Steve, you got anything? I'm a sucker for the Frank Sinatra Christmas songs. They're just like, they're classic. They're absolutely classic. Do you have anyone in particular that's your favorite? I like Frank Uh, Sinatra too. I think he does really good versions of stuff. I think, um, ah, shit. Probably like have yourself a merry little Christmas or something. Like, it's 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 just so nice. It's so nice. And like like Bing Crosby, you can't go wrong with like White Christmas and stuff. And you just hear it, and you immediately get transported to like your childhood, you know, and the magic of the season and stuff. And it doesn't matter if you're in a Macy's or you know watching a Macy's commercial. I I was saying that Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas probably has some of the best lyrics of any Christmas song that uh, has ever been. And changes, too, man. Like, the the chord changes in that song are just I was playing and singing along to it today. And every version I looked up had different changes to it, but Mm -hmm. it it was simple, but, like, still really effective, uh, like, good, you know, jazz changes to something. So I thought it was cool. Robert, Robert. Um, I was gonna, I'm kind of going to say what Steve said, but just with prefacing it that I don't like Christmas music because of what I think um, is being played most of the time. Because I feel like most of the time it's not a good Frank Sinatra version or Bing Crosby or a good, uh, you know, version of it. It's, it's, it's you know, it was recorded like 20 years ago and that's what's played all the time. Uh, and it just gets repetitive and, and really annoying to me. Um, but um, I, I do, I do, you know, love all the, yeah, not King Cole. I mean, that, that kind of, those versions, those old versions of those songs. Um, but I do weirdly like uh, the, the one that Bruce Springsteen does. Uh, is it Santa, Santa Claus, Claus is coming to town? Yeah. Just because it's Bruce and it's like, it's definitely <clears throat> Bruce when he does it. And I just like it. Um, and what's really funny is that Steve, Andrew, and I have played a couple Christmas tunes in the way that we <laughs> felt fit yeah. back in the day of our um, church-going ways. And um, we played uh, – I don't even remember the song. But you two This Christmas. This Christmas. Yeah. And I remember listening to you two doing it and being like, well, <laughs> the most right. throwaway verses ever. Yeah. Didn't, didn't you have a little bit on, on like the, the lyrics there? You were like, well, uh, the, Oh, that was baby. Please come home. <laughs> was it baby. Please come home. Yeah. You the... two did baby. Please come home. We did so, this Christmas too. 
the snow is falling. It's falling all around. Yeah, the snow is falling. <laughs> it's it's just falling. It's we, everywhere. We need a verse. Like, One, two, three, go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know what I'm trying to say. Terrible. Is that uh, I I don't know what my favorite song is. Probably it's probably like an Elvis. It's probably like Blue Christmas. Okay. That's a good one. I like that one. That's a good one. I feel like that's an underrated one. Oh, but what's I'm gonna think of another one because there's another one. Okay, it's okay. We gotta just get all the demons out, you know? Yeah. We gotta start somewhere. We didn't think about this. Or um, well, I'm just gonna preface this with um maybe an unpopular opinion. I like Mariah Carey's Christmas album. I like it. I like it. The whole thing? Uh, I don't know. Like some of it. There's some songs I like. I'm not. I'm not saying this is my nomination. I just know that that's a big stipulation with Christmas music. It's Mariah Carey. Yeah, whatever. I've always kind of liked those songs. I don't know why, but that is not my thing. We can maybe dive into that later. I just wanted to put that out there because I feel like. There are some people who like that, but most people fucking hate it. I like This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. I think it's like the the hip one, like when you see like a really like cool band like doing all their stuff. Like, let's do a Christmas song. Like Robert John the Red. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> This Christmas by Donny Hathaway, because it's got like the funky, um, you know, kind of has that whole thing to it. Yeah, everybody's like, fuck you, man. (laughs) Can you Um, read that? No, no, no. Put that back. Put that comment back up. Warren, you have to read that. It says, Mark Pruitt says, Mariah Carey is a proxy for Satan, not in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) Put Scott's up. (laughs) Scott Murphy says, I want to drive into a tree when that Mariah Carey song comes on. (laughs) Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know, unpopular opinion. But D- the Donny Hathaway song, you guys got to admit, that's pretty cool. It's a pretty funky version of like if somebody's like, "Hey, man, you have to play a Christmas song at a gig," and you're like, "Well, I don't want to play like Jingle Bells or something that sounds like a holiday song." You can kind of bust out this Christmas, and people are like, "Oh, it's kind of funky. It feels good." It, you know, did he write that song, or is that something that he? Does anybody know that, Randy? Randy will figure it out. Henry, what's your favorite Christmas song? So I thought of a couple just now off the top of my head. Um, obviously, in the comments, we saw the Nat King Cole, which, you know, uh, the Christmas song by Nat King Cole is a classic. Yeah. And that one just gets me every time. I can't help it. Every single time that one comes on, just the arrangement, the changes are dope. Um, obviously, Nat King Cole is an icon. Uh He's great, has a great singing voice, all that sort of thing. Um, also, the Stevie Wonder Christmas song that's featured in the movie Elf is great. Um, and then another one that I just thought of is uh, that maybe less people know about Christmas rapping by The Waitresses, which I actually played in high school uh, for mm-hmm. a Christmas show. Um, I was going to say that if you didn't, I literally looked it up yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah. Because it's... It's one of those Christmas songs that everyone knows, but they no right. one knows the name of it, and no, no one knows, knows any lyrics to, to it. it and I just that that, that saxophone line is so yeah. memorable that everyone it just is. remembers it. So 
it's really good. It's a really good song. I, I got to. What, like what's said, the melody so everyone knows it? Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, that's a Christmas song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, what's the name of that one? Merry Christmas. Merry it's Christmas. called Christmas Wrapping. I had to type in You Forgot the Cranberries 2 into Google. Yeah. Because I typed in Christmas saxophone song and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. I typed in Christmas rock song because it has that really cool guitar intro. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a really good one. Um, that was, really that came one. out in 1982. Yes. Wow. That's a really good one. Um, it's it's probably up to those three for me now that I can think of. And I do have another one that may or may not make an appearance on a future podcast that I don't want to mention quite yet. That I kind of want to kind of want to keep to myself. Uh oh. <laughs> What's the Christmas song that goes boop 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 I don't know. It was like also uh, honorable mention. Yeah, all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Because of its feature in Elf, and I feel like just by proxy now, it's a Christmas song. Is "Pennies from Heaven" by Louis Prima or Louis Prima? Yeah, that's that's like now a Christmas song. I I watched Elf on Sunday night. So, oh, can I? Can I? Pennies from Heaven. Gotta love that Thanks one. Thanks from heaven, yeah. Can I, can I have a, uh, a, a special... Uh, uh, we're going in order, Steve, one? so I oh, get my okay. next one first okay. before Ooh. you get your next one. First wow. I got really <laughs> excited about it. I just got it all done off the top. Uh, I don't have any more. Really, job. my top Christmas record of all time is just the Charlie Brown Christmas by the Vince Guaraldi Trio. Mm. Ooh, I really love... Like... That in general, that's what makes me feel like Christmas every year. Everyone, everyone, if that's making people feel things, think about your next thing, and then you're gonna have a second yeah. round. Uh, I, I got mine. Really, though, uh, God, why can't I think of that song? Um, it's not Christmas time is here. It's not skating in Central Park. It's what? What's the other like big song from that? This is gonna kill me. No one crickets. Uh, yeah, sorry. What? Okay, Steve. What's your exciting Christmas song? I'll come back. I feel so bad because it's literally okay. like I gotta give a shout out to to Augie Rios for uh, uh, Donde Esta Santa Claus. <laughs> oh fuck you, oh, dude! <laughs> oh, I, I forgot about Andrew. I think Andrew. I think you were the one that showed that to me for the first time, and I and I fucking love that. And now song. I feel bad. And I was like on the spot earlier, and I was like. Frank Sinatra, because I, I do love like Frank, but, but yeah. I know that I must be the sleeping. The sleeping. I hope he won't forget to bring his castanets and to his reindeer say. Okay. That song's brilliant. I, I just have two words. Christmas vacation. <laughs> yes. Are we doing movies that's, now? That's a great no, just the theme from that movie. Like oh. I just I just thought of it just now as well. That's a really good one too. Yeah, there are a lot of good themes from like movies, like pretty much everything that plays in Home Alone makes me feel some sort of deep emotion when it comes on. It's like, oh. 
But it depends also, what part of Home Alone, because they have that part where like the parents leave and it's like kind of like mysterious, and you're like, ooh, like I don't know. And then the mom comes home and it's like that whatever that song is called is probably one of my favorite songs, thinking about it. Probably my favorite Christmas song without lyrics. We're talking about Home Alone too, right? Uh, uh yeah. Lost in New York's <laughs> the best one. I'm just kidding. No, it's no, it's uh, it's uh, Home Alone, the new one that's that came out on Disney Plus a couple months ago. There's a there's a new one. Apparently, is Macaulay Culkin in it? No, it looks terrible. That'd be awesome if he was in it. But the the chick from uh, uh, the unforgettable Kimmy Schmidt is in it, and she's really funny. But I don't want. Do you guys? Do you mean you mean Aaron from The Office? Uh, yeah, that's a better (laughs) reference. Thank you. Yeah. Did you guys want to know a fun fact about Macaulay Culkin? Yes. We're on the topic. Oh, yeah. He changed his middle name to Macaulay Culkin. (laughs) So his legal name is Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin. (laughs) It's literally on Wikipedia. He's the human human equivalent of the Los Angeles Angeles Angels of Anaheim. (laughs) And he also has a band called the, the Pizza... The pizza, oh, like the pizza underground, the pizza think, underground, and they do the pizza all underground. velvet underground songs with pizza lyrics. <laughs> they were Max Sabbath before Max Sabbath. I think they toured with Max Sabbath. <laughs> that would be hilarious and yes. delicious. Uh, the song I was thinking of is so stupid. It's just Christmas time is here, but not the vocal version, the piano version. Uh, I was like, it's not the one with the lyrics in it. Which one do I like? It's so bad. Anyways. My favorite version is probably a Chipmunks rendition of any Christmas song. I do really, really like uh, uh, Christmas time is here. That's the Christmas, Christmas time is here. Time uh, one of the Chipmunks? Yeah. It's and a he's great, like screaming great song at him the still. whole time. He's like going to strangle the chipmunks the whole time. Yeah. Oh, Alvin. And yeah, it, that has great changes too. Yeah. We can hunt. There's a lot of major to minors. There's like mm-hmm. a lot of fun, like jazz stuff in that. Yeah. These things that live on, like, don't live on by accident. They live on because they're amazing. Because, like, everyone's written 100 Christmas songs every year that don't make it. So why do we yeah. keep listening to Alvin and the Chipmunks? Because like it has gorgeous changes. I, I love like what happens in that song. Yeah. You know, like, you... Well, I was just gonna say like Christmas time is here again, like is like probably one of the most beautiful melodies that you could like, you know, listen to. It's just like it speaks so well. And especially to like try to understand what melody is. It sounds cheesy, but it's like learn all these holiday songs. Yeah, and that's that's all you have to do because again, like you were just saying, they they they're a they're a cliche for a reason, and because it, it most of the time is it's too good, it's just too good. And it's uh, the same thing with like Beatles songs. Beatles songs are cliche for a reason, or they stole some cliches from somewhere else, and then like maybe uh, they made them Beatles cliches. But you know, like those sets of changes like those things that they use to make like really gorgeous songs mm-hmm. they live on because they're good songs you know and 
I think it's the same thing with holiday songs. Like, we have enough shit in our holiday mix. We don't need more of it. So for even something like Mariah Carey, you know, to break through when she did, I'm sorry, everyone in the fan base, come at me. Let's do this shit. (laughs) You can't do that and knock off every other Christmas song of all time without fucking all I want for Christmas is you for being one of the best songs of all time, period. You can't listen to it every year and not want to kill yourself without, well, maybe you do want to kill yourself, but you can't do that without it being good in some regard. So it's fantastic song and fantastic production. Also, I just think, I just think also, it's overplayed because you hear it. It's like agreed. A know. fun research, Randy fact. Uh, let me make sure I didn't fuck this up. But D. Snyder from Twisted Sister wrote that song and did what? it with Mariah Carey. Fuck what? yeah. That's rad. Let me make sure. Uh, someone just told me this. Uh, Research Randy well, is on it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I always love seeing like who actually wrote that shit, you know? I always thought Santa wrote all the songs about himself and was just super narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> he just has a whole, whole department of elves dedicated to songs about him. <laughs> yeah, that, like, I'm all pretty- right. And Steve, All right, you guys are our numbers are down this year from last year. We need another song. Somebody get Mariah was, on the phone. If that was a gig, you probably would have already gotten hired for it. So you are probably just an elf you know, in disguise. I, I have I have written a few Christmas songs in, in my time <laughs> and been been a part of writing some Christmas songs and uh they're really fun. Actually, um I just did worked on uh the Mark Martell Hark record that's available now out and uh did a tune that features my background vocals with mark singing and jared james nichols on guitar and we did a cover of uh zat you santa claus the uh, louis armstrong song it was really fun then we did a some some other stuff um i'm not sure how much they used of of my my background vocals on it but uh joe bonamassa is on there and so yeah if you guys want to check it out uh, mark martell mark with the c Martel, like Mattel, but M-A-R-T-E-L. And um, he's fantastic. We've, we've done a, a few Queen uh, cover tunes and stuff. And wrote one with Brett back in the day. We got a choir on. I, I, have I a, love the holidays. An honorable mention. Um, it was sometime in high school, but I don't know. He probably has like 18 records. But Harry Connick Jr. put out a Christmas record. Um, that his version of Silver Bells was is still one of my favorite versions of that song. Nice um, honorable mention, Harry Connick Jr. One of one of his probably way too many Christmas records, uh, but one particularly was really good. I think uh, I think Buble nails it too, man. Buble's Christmas yeah. records with with the orchestra and everything. I just don't think that it's like he's not doing anything new with it, you know, like. We might be yeah. doing a little more. I pop, mean, it's, it's it's great and it's, it's well great. done, but it's you know, here's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Michael Caro nailed it up. Crooners can always do Christmas songs, but save some for the rest of us. Bobby, you got to uh, you got to do a Christmas song sometime, bud. And just with, right. just with guitar lead. Sorry, Research Randy came back with some information. 
D. Snyder did not write All I Want for Christmas is You. Mariah Carey and her longtime producer did. But uh, D. Snyder did write a Christmas song for Celine Dion. It's called The Magic of Christmas Day. Wow. Haven't heard of it. I haven't heard of it either. It makes it a much less cool story. But Research Randy <laughs> does not care about your feelings. No. He cares about the research. He cares about the facts. He, we don't even pay him. He just does this for free. <laughs> and he sounds, <laughs> he sounds oddly like uh, uh, similar to Amanda Diva. Uh, he does. He looks like similar to Amanda Diva. Yeah. But she's not allowed on the podcast, so boo. <laughs> I, I heard the laugh in the background. <laughs> Let's see if like I get something thrown at me yeah. in, the, in, in the aftermath, because there's always latency. I'm pretty sure Amanda's not like if if we not a guest, but probably made an appearance on the podcast more than um, anybody else that who was yeah. not a guest already. Amanda would be a great guest. <laughs> Please no. Please no. <laughs> Please no. Like oh. you said. Thank you, Warren. I would be a great guest. Oh, there's that there's delay. That delay. <laughs> it's the East Wing sink. You know, it's like, like East Coast sink, but just she did, to the other just side of the house. Hey, Steve, what do we have coming up? <laughs> hey. So... We have uh, we're we're playing at the Mint on January fourteenth coming up. Angela has confirmed that she will do a podcast before we play at the Mint. Yay! Oh yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, and then we're we're going to be down in San Diego at Winston's uh, on the fifteenth, and we've got the cruise coming up and some really great stuff. Warren, what we got going on in the store, bro? Um, we. <laughs> We have some fun sales coming up that um, are not going to be released until after Christmas. We understand that, you know, uh, there's a big push until Christmas. And um, if you're local, you might be able to put in an order and you can still get things in that time if you're looking for gifts. If not, we're going to start doing uh, sales and promos after Christmas has happened. So once you get that check from grandma, you can spend it all at the Robert John and the Rec store if you want to. But um, if you don't, that's cool too. Or you know, use it um, for rent. You know, or yeah, yeah. Or like pay your bills. Or like, you know, <laughs> cell phone bill. No, no, fuck that shit. Pay or that one. We'll we'll get get we got some cool ass shirts going on. <laughs> we do. Look at this. We do have some I have the cool one hoodie. Shirt. I have the one skull hoodie. I was, rule I them was, all. I was really pumped. Uh, we 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 had some new designs this past weekend uh, that looked really. Fucking rad! Uh, there's an Elmas Carolina T-shirt that's really cool, and another one with an eagle on a beer barrel, and and uh, I was really impressed with with the artwork. I, I hadn't seen them since probably like a photo that we had in the group chat, so it was uh, a nice surprise to show up, and uh, you guys just handled it, and they looked great. And I think some of you out there got got some of them. But yeah, I bet anybody who's at the show, and that's another thing is when you come out to the show. We may have something that you may not be able to get at the store. So there's Ooh. another incentive to come out to the show to see us um, and do that whole thing. Talk to Christina Bunkers. Oh, uh, yeah. She'll hook you up if we're local. Possibly Robbie Boyd if we're on the road. 
But um, we have tons of stuff coming up. You can subscribe to our email list by going to our website. You can check out all of our tour dates that are coming up. We are doing a 65-date run in Europe. We're getting back to Spain. We're getting back to the UK. We're doing Germany, France, uh, the Netherlands, Belgium. We got some shows in Sweden. And um, after that, we are going to be back on the road in the United States. We haven't announced any of the United States gigs yet, but we have a huge year coming up. We have so many things going on. We are doing a live show uh, June 29th in Belgium. If you are in Europe and you want to be a part of a live show, come out to that. If you're in the States, buy a ticket, fly out there. Um, we live, will have- live, live record recording. Live record yeah. recording. You can we're, scream. We're doing, we're doing the damn thing. And we'll hear it on the album forever. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then we got new music. We have so much stuff coming out. There's always new things going on. So yeah. uh, stay involved. Comment. Be a part of the fan base. Be a part of the Wrecking Crew. We love you guys being involved with everything. Being a part of the podcast. Not yeah. to mention these are Tuesdays now at 830 this is Tuesday going forward, so um, that's another announcement. There's a bunch of shit. Just tune in next week. We'll tell you about even more stuff we got going on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, onward and upward. Just is, is be a part week, of the so week of Christmas. Next week is the week of Christmas. Wow, I should probably do some sort of shopping or something. I got all mine done today. And uh, to play us out, I'm I'm just gonna play this. Uh, it's by Augie Rios. Son of a bitch! It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, here is uh, Donde Esta Santa Claus, and uh, have a great week, everybody. We will see you next Tuesday Mamacita. at eight thirty, and uh, and we'll we'll see you then. Be good to each other and get wrecked. Mamacita, ¿dónde está Santo Claus? ¿Dónde está Santo Claus? And the toys that he will leave. Mamacita,
Santa Claus. Mamacita. Mm -hmm. 